Due to the graphic nature of this podcast, listener discretion is highly advised. If you are triggered by sexual assault, incest, and or murder, please uh, uh, check out my other podcasts. And I'll see you next time. Take care of your mental health and we'll see you. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to another fun-filled podcast on tonight's Odd Pods with Odd Broad. I'm once again joined by my brother. Hey, what's up guys? It's me, James, a.k.a. Nick Nitro. <laughs> so we're going to be continuing our movies to um, based off of true crime and murder, serial killers, whatnot. Last night you heard our Richard Ramirez take, and now we're going to be learning about Eileen Wernos. So... Wernos. Wernos. That's how you say it. Wernos? Wernos. Let me, Wernos. Let me give you the rundown of what movies she was, what movies were based off of her, her life. I guess you would say in general because there was a lot of um, shows and stuff based off of her besides the overviews and whatnot. Um, let's see. Movies. Eileen, The Life and Death of a Serial Killer. Eileen Wernos, The Selling of a Serial Killer. Eileen Wernos, The Angel of Death. Eileen and these ones are like are in check um you guys might remember the 2003 film monster of starring Charlize Theron and Christina Ritchie love that one that was a sick one like uh, she fucking pulled it yeah. off she did freaking it. I love the fact that they chose Char- Charlize Theron because she did she pulled it off and she looked just like Eileen dude yeah like I think she nuts. gained like 40 pounds just to like, pull yeah, that fucking roll they even like as far as, you know, putting down the freckles on her body and everything, they did it yeah. all. Like, fucking hell, that's badass. They nailed that shit to the fucking core. Right. <laughs> so, as you heard the song um, my brother was playing, we, were, we are now doing the... Uh, Come on, Eileen. <laughs> Come on, Eileen. Let's do this, Eileen. <laughs> that's what she said. Let's do this, Eileen. 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 It's like Eileen that way. <laughs> Eileen over. Eileen over there. Eileen Warnos. Holy shit. Eileen Carol Warnos. Eileen Carol. 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 That was my mom's name. My stepmom. Oh, she Aww. was such a nice lady. She was. Rest in peace, Carol. Rest in peace, mama. I love you. Eileen Carol Warnos, born February 29th, 1956. Another goddamn leap year Another baby. Another leap year baby, just like Richard Ramirez last night. Holy shit. <laughs> what is with these serial what killers? What is it with the leap year babies? <laughs> Jeez, guys. Bunch of fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why they, they, couldn't, they didn't have the mentality, because of the mentality yeah, of children. Oh, yeah. I mean, we never thought yeah. about that. Yeah, we did. No, we did. We did. And... Eileen was abused as a child as well. As soon as same as Richard Ramirez. Yeah, she was raped by her own grandfather, um, raped by his friends. Um, so what you guys know about Eileen Warnos is that she was a, a convicted serial killer who murdered seven men in Florida between the uh, years of 1989 and 1990 <coughs> by shooting them at point blank range. So she was really close to them when she shot him. Warnos claimed that her victims had either raped or attempted to rape her while they were soliciting sex from her. That all of the homicides were committed in self-defense. She was sentenced to death 
for six of the murders and was executed by lethal injection on October 9th, 2002. You know what her last meal was? She, she didn't want nothing. Actually, she, she denied the meal. She wanted coffee. Coffee, yeah, and they gave her coffee and um Cheetos. Oh, Cheetos. Cheetos. Oh, wow. Nice. Fuck yeah. Shit, what a way to go out. <laughs> I wouldn't mind Cheetos, but too. Just give, me, just give me some fucking Cheetos. Yeah, just give me some fucking hot Cheetos and some Kool-Aid. I'll be good. <laughs> Fuck for real, huh? They're like, what do you want for your last dinner, for your last meal? Fucking me, fat girl my ass. I'd be like, <laughs> give me this, give me that. I want some of this. She was just a little bit younger than, oh, I think, um. What's his face? Ramirez. Ramirez, yeah, because Ramirez was aged 53 when he died, and that's like almost what? 12. He was 12, almost 13 years old. Yeah, she was 11 when. Yeah, and this chick was 11. Since she was a leap year baby, she was 11 years old legally, but aged 46. Holy shit. So her death date was October 9th, 2002, and the Florida State Prison of Ryford, Florida, U.S. Like we said, she died by lethal injection. Um, her resting place, she was cremated and ashes were scattered in Fostoria, Tuscola County, Michigan. What were her aliases? All her aliases. Oh, yeah. Um, shit. She had several of them shit. She had several. Yes, she did. Or actually, no, just like three. Three of them. Actually, oh, okay. She was known as Susan Lynn Blakovic. Uh, Cammie Marsh-Green, and Lori Christine Grody. Also known as Sandra Krishik. And, yeah, Lori Christine, yeah, you being quote Lori Christine Grody. Yeah. She only had one spouse by the name of Louis Gratzfell. They were married and annulled both in 76. Um, convictions, we all know, six counts of first-degree murder and six um, death sentences. Uh, total of victims, seven. She was uh, her her type of weapon was a high standard twenty two caliber revolver, and she was arrested on January ninth, nineteen ninety one. Her first victim was Richard Mallory, age fifty one, of Clearwater. Well, clear, he was a Clearwater electronic shop owner um, of Volusia Volusia County. That's in Florida. Florida, yeah. On December 1st, 1989, a deputy in Volusia County discovered an abandoned vehicle belonging to Richard Mallory. His body was found December 13th, several miles away in the wooded area. Mallory had been shot several times, but two bullets on the left lung were found to have caused hemorrhaging and ultimately death. So in other words, she killed him with the two bullets, but shot him a couple more times yeah. just for fucking, just for shit. Just be like, yeah, just to make him hurt. Yeah. Next victim on the list was David Andrew Spears, age 47, construction worker in Winter Garden. He was declared missing as of May 19th, 1990. On June 1st, 1990, his naked body was found along the U.S. Route 19 in Florida in Citrus County. He had been shot six times by a twenty-two pistol. Damn. Charles, D- Car- Charles Carscadone? Age 40, a part-time rodeo worker, body found on June 6th of 1990 in Pasco County. The medical examiner found nine small caliber bullets in his lower chest and upper abdomen, which had been, which actually were identified as the same caliber bullet, 22. Holy shit. Let's see, Peter Abraham Siams, uh, Siams, 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 age 65, retired merchant seaman. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hey. <laughs> in June 1990, Sam's left uh, Jupiter, Florida for Arkansas. On July 4th, 1990, his car was found in Orange, Orange Springs, Florida. 
Moore and Warnos were seen abandoning the car, and Warnos's palm print was found on the interior door handle. His body was never found. Florida Gators, two and two together, bruh. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Troy Burris, age 50, a sausage salesman from Oklahoma. Oh, Akala. Akala, I guess. Yeah, it was, was reported missing July 31st, 1990. On August 4th, 1990, a law officers found the body in a wooded area along State Road 19 in Marion County. Yeah, that's the same spot where they found David Spears, huh? Yeah. Holy shit. Okay, well, she, yeah, she pretty much kept it, you know, in a... On the highway. On the highway and in between certain areas. Yeah, because you got to remember she was a sex worker too. So that's probably where she thought she would frequent her Johns was on the highway. True. Pertaining to be a hitchhiker. Always, yeah, she was always pick, picked up on the freeway as a hitchhiker. Yeah, the hmm. body was substantially decomposed, but evidence showed that he had been shot twice. Holy shit. Charles Richard <coughs> Dick Humphreys. That's a long name. <laughs> Age 56. September 11th, 1990, a retired Air Force major, former state child abuse investigator, former chief of police. Holy fuck, she killed a former police official. Yeah, I think that's when she really fucked up. Like, when, notice when she started to freak out, that yeah. was the second one. On September 12th, September 12th, 1990, his body was found in Marion County. He was fully clothed and he had been shot six times in the head and torso. His car was found in uh, Suwannee County. Holy shit, a fucking official. Yeah, that's, I think that's, I remember, like, when watching the movie, and after she found this bad, she freaked out. That's when she knew. She was like, she, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, last one was Walter Gino, Walter Gino Antonio, age 62, body found November 19th, 1990, near a remote logging road in Dixie County. His body was nearly nude. And had been shot four times in the back and head. Law officers found Antonio's car five days later in River County. So that was she, what she, that was her last one. Yeah, so we're going to go in her early life. So we're going to like take turns on this, guys. Uh, Wernos was born Eileen Carroll Pittman in Rochester, Michigan on February 29th, 1956. Like we said, she's a fucking leap porn baby. Uh, leap porn. Fucking kissing a leap porn. <laughs> leap year. She's a leap year, baby. She's a leap porn. Okay, if you guys get it, like... No Tony Hillerman books. He actually knows Joe Lee Porn. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Lee Porn. Lee Porn. <laughs> okay, she was born. Her mother was named Diane Warnos. Born 1939. A 14-year-old at the time she was married to Eileen's father. 16-year-old Leo Dale Pittman. They got married that young? Oh, shit. Well, okay. Well, Warnos was... Warnos was raised by her grandparents after she was abandoned by her mother as an infant. Her father was a convicted child molester, committed suicide in prison. Holy shit. The Florida Supreme Court on Tuesday um, unanimously rejected a request. Oh, shit. Okay, that's never mind. Hold on. Wow, she never met her father. Please. She never met her father. He the was, reason why is because he, he was, was convicted in, and he was in the state prison of Florida. Sex crimes against children. Oh, wow. They don't say the degree to the, what the abuse was, but they said he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. So, kind of want to take that also in retrospect. Some mental illnesses are not really diagnosed in serial killers until the ending factor. And, like, during, like, the trials and whatnot, maybe, you know. then Because they're going to have to play that, oh, I'm going crazy. or play the insanity plea. But they don't want to do that. I kind of figured that out. Like, some people um, that are diagnosed with it or diagnosed with schizophrenia or some type of PTSD. Like, look at the son of Sam. 
they said he was he, he was saying he was um not competent to stand trial, but he was fully competent even though he was suffering from PTSD from being in the war. Dang, I wonder what happened to her brother. Her brother, his name is Leo Dale Pittman. Let's see. Let's see if we can find him, but yeah. Oh, he shit. died. He died, oh shit. Yeah, he died. Yeah, Eileen did have a brother by the name of Leo Dale Pittman. So she yeah. wasn't the only one in the family. Yeah. He had passed and he left her, like, I think, $10,000 from his mom insurance. So, okay. Um, she was, as my brother was saying, she was abandoned by her uh, mother. And um, she was raised by her uh, grandparents, Lori and Britta Warnos, both alcoholics, both who legally adopted Keith and Eileen. Keith was her brother. On March 18th, 1960, by the age of 11, 11, 11, had been getting engaging in sexual activities in school in exchange for cigarettes, drugs, and food. She also engaged in sexual activities with her brother. Warnos has said that her alcoholic grandfather had sexually assaulted her and beaten her when she was a child. Before beating her, he would force her to strip out of her clothes. 1970, she was 14. She became pregnant, having been raped by an accomplice of her grandfather. Warnos gave birth to a boy at a home for unwed mothers on March 23rd, 1971, and the child was placed for adoption. I wonder what happened. I wonder if they wondered, ever wondered, that anybody told them, like, you know, your mom was Eileen Warnos. Right. Dude, I mean, how did he affect, oh my god. I feel sad. I kind of wonder, I kind of wonder about that. Like, what happens to the kids of the serial killers? Right. I mean, you had the BTK killer whose daughter was freaked out that he was the BTK. I mean, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know how to comprehend. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, she was raped by her grandparent and grandfather's friend. She became, she was pregnant, right? Yeah. yeah. She became pregnant. Oh, shit. Okay. So, what happened to her son? He was given up for adoption. I'm going to look up something real quick. And that was Keith, right? That oh. no, that was her brother. Keith was oh, her brother. brother. No, was it Keith? Oh, okay, that's right. My bad. Okay, you go for it. I'm gonna look this up. Okay. Well, since we're on her son, well, when uh, let's see. Okay. Well, let's find something different. Thank you, Google. <laughs> oh, wow. Let me see. Jesus Christ, lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Eileen Lee Carol Warnos. Mm-hmm. Oh, she went by the middle. Oh, she went by the nickname Lee. 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 Okay, so I found an update about her son. Since the adoption was a closed adoption, there's no public information about the child. It also seems though there was no scenario in the future where this adoption could be open since the consent of both of the parent and the child is required to do so. So you see Eileen was given the death penalty for killing seven men and put to death. Uh, Okay, so she couldn't, even if she wanted to see her her son, there was no, no how because it's a closed adoption. Closed adoptions are basically strictly open-shut case. Yeah. 
I was like, it once it opens and it's yeah. done and settled, boom, it's close. It. It's you close. Just, you cannot, yeah. You're no contact. You don't <clears> know nothing <throat> on the kids. So that's what she did when she was 14 or 15 when she gave birth. Damn. She was already like hoeing it for for cigarettes and shit in school. Yeah, like you just already flaunting yourself. Damn, that's crazy. Fuck. She started her. But you know, she was already getting in trouble and shit back in the early 70s, middle 70s, yeah, mid 70s. On May 27th of 1974, she was 18 and was arrested in Jefferson County, Colorado, for driving under the influence, disorderly conduct, and firing a caliber, a 22 caliber pistol from a moving vehicle. She was later charged for failure to appear. Failure to appear. (laughs) In 1976, she hitchhiked to Florida, where she met where she met her husband, Leo Gratzfell. They married quickly, and the announcement of their nuptials was printed in the local newspaper society pages. However, Warnos is continually involved in herself in confrontations at the local bar. Went to jail for briefly for assault. She also hit Fell with his own cane leading him to gain a restraining order against her within weeks of the marriage. She returned to Michigan, where on July 14th, she was arrested in Bernie's Club in Mantanola in Antrim County, was charged with assault and disturbing the peace for throwing a cue ball at the bartender's head. Okay, here's where her brother had died. Oh, yeah, her brother died. Oh, shoot. Dang. Okay. July 17th, her brother Keith died of esophageal cancer and wound... Warnos received ten thousand dollars from his life insurance. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Esophageal cancer. Oh shit. Warnos and Fell and her dude annulled their marriage. Okay. And on the twenty-first of July, after only nine weeks, <laughs> in August of nineteen seventy-six, Warnos was given a hundred and dollar, hundred and five dollar fine for drinking for drunk driving. She used the money inherited from her brother to pay for the fine and spent the rest within two months buying luxuries, including a new car, which she wrecked shortly afterwards. <laughs> Dang. So, like, she just lived it up and just partied up and just said, fuck it. Right. On May 20th of 1981, Warnos was arrested in Edgewater, Florida for the armed robbery of a conven- convenience store where she sold $35 and two packets of, two packs of cigarettes. Oh. <laughs> Shit, really? No way. So that's basically how she got. Well, no, she didn't get caught. Hmm. She was sentenced to prison on the 4th of May in 1982 and released June 30th of 1983. So she only spent a, a year. Yeah, minimum. A year, yeah. And on May 4th of 1984, shit, not even a year later, not even two years later. Not even a year later after she got out, she was arrested for attempting to pass forged checks at a bank in Key West. On November 30th of 1985, she was named as a suspect in the the theft of a revolver and ammunition in Pasco County. Jesus. Jesus Christ, woman. She really liked firearms, didn't she? For real, that was her her method of killing. I mean, on July 4th, 1986, Warnos was arrested in Miami and charged with car theft. Resisting arrest and obstruction of justice for providing identification bearing her aunt's name. Miami police officers found a 38 caliber revolver and a box of ammunition in the stolen car. June 2nd, 1986, Volusia County Deputy Sheriff's detained Warnos for questioning after a male companion accused her of pulling a gun on his car. 
and demanding two hundred dollars. Hornos was found to be carrying a, a spare ammunition, and police discovered a twenty-two under the passenger seat where she had occupied. <laughs> oh my god! So, also around this time, Hornos met Tyra, uh, Tyre, Tyria. Tyra Moore, a hotel mate. So in the movie Monster, this will be Sylvie. Oh yeah, that's right, because she has another. Yeah. Change the name. Yeah, um, a hotel mate in Daytona Beach lesbian bar. They moved in together, and Warno supported them with her earnings as a sex worker. On July fourth, nineteen ninety seven, Daytona Beach police detained Warnos and Moore in the bar for questioning regarding an incident in which they were accused of assault and battery with a beer bottle. Jesus. Yeah. I was like, there was nowhere where she could just, like, you know, stop. And she, was, she was a drifter, so. Yeah. You know, she... Drifters don't know when to stop, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> On March 12th, 1988, Warnos accused a Daytona bus driver of assault. She claimed that he had pushed her off the bus following a confrontation. Mora was listed as a witness to the incident. Up until her execution, Warnos claimed to be still in love with Moore. I mean,. If you look at it in the movie, remember, like, where she was, like, testifying against Eileen. That was, like, kind of, like, the saddest thing where she already had knew that shit was going to happen. Right. Like, as you can see earlier, we did read the murders. Apprehension and sentencing on July 4th, 1990. Warnos and Moore abandoned Sam's car after they were involved in an accident. Witnesses had seen... The two women driving the victim's cars provided police with their names and descriptions, resulting in a media campaign to locate them. Police also found some of the victim's belongings in pawn shops. Retrieved fingerprints matching these found. These were found in the victim's cars. Warnos had a criminal record in Florida, and her fingerprints were on file. On January 9, 1991, Warnos was arrested on outstanding warrant at the Last Resort, a biker bar in Volusia County. Police located more the next day in Scranton, Pennsylvania, where she agreed to elicit a confession from Warnos in exchange for immunity from prosecution. Wow. Hmm. So, <laughs> I want my freedom. Fuck you. So, Moore returned to the police with the police of Florida, where she put up, was put up in a hotel under police guidance. She made numerous telephone calls to Warnos. Pleading for help in clearing her name. Three days later, on January 16th, 1991, Werno confessed to the murders. She claimed that the man tried to rape her and she killed them in self-defense. A year later, in July, July, January 14th, 1992, Werno went to trial for the murder of Mallory. Although previous convictions were normally inadmissible in criminal trials under Florida's Williams Rule. Guys, what is Williams Rule? You want to know? It's actually, come in. <laughs> Williams rule is based on the holding in the Florida State, Williams versus State, in which relevant evidence in collateral crimes is admissible by jury trial when it does not go to prove the bad character of the criminal prosperity uh, and the defendant is used to show motive, intent, knowledge, and modus operandi. They said there could have been eight murderers killed. I wouldn't doubt it. In the same period. <clears throat> yeah. What the fuck do you like? And she's only gonna... Well, she only admitted to so much. She's like, fuck it, you only hear it? Yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are you there? Here you go, ma'am. Thank you.
she was brutal. She was nuts. So on March, uh, <clears throat> what did I say? Oh, right here, Hatcher Williams rule. The prosecution was allowed to pr- introduce evidence related to other crimes to show a pattern of illegal activity. January 27, 1992, Warnos was convicted of Mallory's murder with help of Moore's testimony at her sentencing. Psychiatrist at the Defender Defense testified that Warnos was mentally unstable and had been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder. Four days later, she was sentenced to death. March 31st, 1992, Warnos pleaded no contest to the murders of Humphreys, Burris, and Spears. She said she wanted to get right with God and her statement to the court. She said, in part, I want to confess to you that Richard Mallory did violently rape me, as I told you, but these others did not. They only began to start to. On May 15th, Warnos was given three more death sentences. In June 1992, Warnos pleaded guilty to the murder of Carskadon. In November 1992, she received her fifth death sentence. The defense made efforts during this trial to introduce evidence that Mallory had been tried for intent to commit rape in Maryland and that she he had been committed to a maximum security correctional facility that provided remediation to sexual offenders. Oh, wow. Records obtained that this institution reflected that from 1958 to 1962, Mallory was committed for treatment and observation resulting in criminal charge of assault with intent to rape and received overall eight years of treatment from the facility in 1961. And it was observed that Mr. Mallory, that his possessed strong sociopathic trends, the judge refused to allow this to be admitted in court as evidence and denied Werner's request for retrial. In February 1993, Warnos pleaded guilty to the murder of Antonio, who was sentenced to death again. No charges were brought against her for the murder of Siam's. His body was never found. In all, she received six death sentences. Shit. Did you know she started um, experiencing hearing loss and vision problems in high school? For real? Junior high, yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, well, her uh, IQ was pretty low. It was below 70. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Here's ex- School officials urged that Warnos receive conce- counseling and try to improve her behavior by administering a mild tranquilizer. Holy shit. They fucking tranquilized her? <laughs> Jesus. At about 14, that's when Warnos was raped by her grandfather. Okay, so, like, shit. That's what she got. Okay, that's when she got um, pregnant by her grandfather. Oh, no shit. But yeah, while she was in, in junior high, that was all going on. Well, I could see why she went crazy. She was going through so much shit, though. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Because if you guys remember, my dear ones, <laughs> is that any type of trauma can cause a lot of PTSD or other types of shit mentally. Like, you know, you never know. Like, people have triggers. And it's not. it's best not to fucking activate those triggers because you don't know how the person is going to act execution where am i okay warnos was incarcerated at the florida department of corrections broward correctional institution bci death row for women then transferred to florida state prison for execution her appeal to the u.s supreme court was denied in 96 
In a 2001 petition to the Florida Supreme Court, she stated her intention to dismiss her legal counsel and terminate all pending appeals. I killed those men, she wrote. I robbed them as cold as ice, and I'd do it again, too. There's no chance in keeping me alive or anything because I'd kill again. I have hate crawling through my system, and I'm so sick of hearing this. She's crazy stuff. I have been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth, but... I'm the one who seriously hates human life and would kill again. While her attorneys argued that she was not mentally competent to make such a request. Warnos insisted she knew what she was doing and the court-appointed panel of psychiatrists agreed. In 2002, Warnos began accusing prison matrons of tainting her food with dirt, saliva, and urine. And she said she had overheard conversations among personal uh, prison personnel trying to get me. So I pushed over the brink by them and I'd wind up committing suicide before the execution and wishing to, and to wishing to rape me before execution. She also complained of strip searches, tight handcuffing, door kicking, frequent window checks, low water pressure, mildew on her mattress and cat calling, and in distaste and pure hatred towards me. Warnos threatened to boycott showers and food trays where certain officers were on duty. In the meantime, my stomach's crawling away. I'm taking showers at the sink of my cell. Her attorney said, Miss Warnos really just wants to have proper treatment, humane treatment, until the day she's executed. He added, she believes that she's ri- what she's written. In the weeks before her execution, Warnos had given a series of interviews to Broomfield and talked about being taken away to meet God and Jesus and the angels and whatever's beyond the beyond. In her final interview, she once again charged that changed, charged that her mind was tortured by the BCI and her head crushed by sonic pressure. Food poisonings and abuses had worsened, and she said each time she complained with the goal of making her appear insane or drive her house insane, Charlie drive her insane. She also turned on her interviewer. You sabotaged my ass. Society and cops in the system and raped women got executed executed, and was used for books and movies and shit. Her final on-camera words were, Thanks a lot, society, for railroading my ass. Don Botkins, a childhood friend of Warnos, later had told Broomfield that her verbal, verbal abuse was directed to at society and at the media in general, not at him specifically. <laughs> The way I just raised my voice. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's dope though. Because you gotta tell it with feeling. You gotta yeah. tell it with some you gotta tell it with some oomph. Yeah, Wernos's execution took place on October 9th, two thousand two. She declined her last meal, which could have been anything under twenty dollars and opted for a cup of coffee. <laughs> fucking eight under twenty dollars. Oh yeah, because there was the one guy who fucking ordered a shiller of things, didn't fucking eat it. I forgot his name. Yeah. It was, dude, he fucking ordered a shitload of stuff for his last meal. And when they brought it, he did not touch a bite of it. Really? That, like, he did it purposely? Yeah. Fuck yeah, I would have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what I, I'll be, I, just give me a Big Mac and some really, really yeah. crunchy fries. <laughs> Even her defense attorney, Jake Jenkins, referred to her client as a damaged, permitted child and pleaded with the jury to spare her life. Her last words were, yes, I would like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus. June 6th, like the movie, Big Mother Ship and All. I'll be back. I'll be back. She died at 9.47 a.m. Eastern uh, time. Yeah. She was the 10th woman in the United States and the second in Florida to be executed in the United States (coughs) Supreme Court decision restoring capital punishment. After death. Want to take this one? 
Warno's body was cremated and her ashes were spread beneath a tree in her native Michigan by her childhood friend Don Botkins. That's fucking dope shit. Just be spread around. We can't do that. Yeah, Warno's requested the Natalie Merchant song Carnival be played at her funeral. Merchant com- <clears throat> commented on this when asked why she permitted Carnival to be played during the credits of the documentary. Oh, cool. Well, the, after the Eileen, the life and death of a serial killer. I think that's on Discovery Plus. Okay. I logged into my Discovery Plus on your Roku. That's cool. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When director Nick Broomfield sent a working edit on the film, I was so disturbed by the subject matter that I couldn't even watch it. Eileen Warnos led a tortured, torturing life that it is beyond my worst nightmares. It wasn't until I was told that Eileen spent many hours listening to my album, Tiger Lily, while on death row and requested Carnival to be or be played at her funeral that I gave permission for the use of the song. It's very odd to think of the places my music can go once it leaves my hands. If it gave her some solace, I have to be grateful. That's Broomfield later speculated on Runo's motive and state of mind. Ooh, okay. I think this anger developed inside her and she was working as a prostitute. I think she had a lot of awful encounters on the roads. And I think this anger just spilled out from inside her and finally exploded into incredible violence. That was her way of surviving. I think Eileen really believed that she had that she had killed in self-defense. I think someone who's pl- deeply psychotic can really tell the difference between something that is life-threatening and something that is minor dis- <clears throat> disagreement. That you could say something that she didn't agree with or go into a screaming kick, black temper about it. Shit. And I think that's what happened. Caused the, well, caused the things to happen and at the same time, when she wasn't in those extreme moods, there was an incredible humanity to her. Crazy. Jeez. Literature. Hmm. There was books on it? Yeah. FB profiler Robert K. Resler only mentioned Warnos briefly in his autobiographical history of his 20 years with the FBI. Writing in 1992, he said he often does not discuss female serial killers because they tend to kill in sprees instead of in a um, sequential fashion. He noted, he noted Warnos as a sole exception. Resler, who allegedly coined the phrase serial killer to describe murderers seeking personal gratification, does not apply it to women killing in prostitution, psychosis, or, or well, prostitution. <laughs> I say prostitution, psychosis. <laughs> Postpartum psychosis, my bad. Postpartum <laughs> prostitution. Post- postpartum prostitution. <laughs> Fuck oh, me. Shit. Oh shit. Oh man. Or to any other murder acting solely on financial gain, such as women who have killed a series of boarders and spouses. Shit. In 2002, journalist Sue Russell wrote a book about war notes called Lethal Intent. The poem Sugar Zero by Rima by. 
Banerjee. <laughs> is dedicated to Warnos and appears in the 2005 Arsenio Pulp Press publication Red Light Superhero Saints and Sluts. Wow. The poet, the poet um, Duran Brostein dedicated a poem to her called Eileen Warnos the, that appears in his 2011 spoken word CD The Obsessive Poet. In 2012. Eileen, why are you so mean? <laughs> <laughs> why are you so mean, right? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? In 2012, Lisa Kester and Daphne Golub edited and published a, cel- a collection of letters written over a 10 year span from Warnos to Botkins. So that her and her friend kept in touch on. Huh? The book yeah. is entitled. Dear Don Eileen Warnos, in her own words, the poet Olivia Gatwood refers to Warnos throughout her book Life of the Party. Wow, she had a lot of influences, huh? Mm-hmm. Her documentaries, same thing. Nick Broomfield directed two documentaries about her: uh, the selling of Eileen Warnos, the selling of a serial killer in 1993, and the life of a serial killer in 2003. Warnos was the subject of episodes of the documentary TV series American Justice Biography and Deadly Women. She was also featured in an episode of, t- of the TV series The New Detectives. So that's on season three, episode one, Fatal Compulsion is the name of the episode if you want to check it out. An episode of Made Me Famous on the Rio's television network airing December 1st, 2018, Chronicle the case in february 2020 the series very scary people was known on the crime and investigation channel episodes three and four describes how the investigation into line eileen was conducted so on hbo max guys you can actually find that on um the documentary section of um very scary people it's actually um hosted by donnie Wahlberg. donnie donnie no, Marky Mark, this time. Films? Ooh. The theatrical film Monster in 2003 starred Charlize Theron as Warnos. It chronicles Warnos' story from childhood until her first murder conviction. Uh, the film earned through Theron an Academy Award for Best Actress. You know what? She, did, she, she fuck killed it. it. Fuck yeah. On March 18, 2021, it was announced that Voltage Pictures acquired the world, the worldwide rights of Eileen Warnos' American Boogeyman, a prequel to Monster, which Peyton Arliss portrayed. I never seen that one. Have you? Nah. We gotta look that. We gotta look for that one. Right. March 16th. All right. Cool. What you got? Television. You know, fuck. This chick's everywhere. <laughs> Uh, the movie Overkill, no, the TV movie Overkill, uh, the Eileen Warno story, 1992, starred Gene Smart as Eileen. Let's see, the antagonist of 2012 or 2002, Law and Order Special Victims Unit episode, Carmelian. Uh, Chame- Ch- yeah, Chameleon. Chameleon. Come and 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 go. Maggie Patterson, Sharon Lawrence, a sex worker who murders her Johns, is based on Warnos. Oh, cool. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, well, I know there's one chick in Vegas that used to roll her Johns. Like, she <laughs> fucking, like, 
like drug them or like knock them out and then she fucking rob them. Oh fuck! Yeah, me. she got fucking caught. So this one chick, I I met her at a call center and I used to work there. She fucking legit got caught rolling her johns and her pimp was outside the damn door, and then someone had called security because they heard the guy struggle. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, that's how they got busted. That shit was crazy. And then when she was like the talk of the fucking floor for like a month. And then, like, get the call, like, they all died out. <laughs> it was like, if anything big happened to people, like, working in the call center, like, you're, like, toasted, the toast of the town for, like, a month and a half, and you're fizzle out. So you're like, that special. <laughs> Dang. Warnos has been mentioned on the crime scene television series Criminal Minds. In the Criminal Minds novel Killer Profile. She is one of the serious, one of the serial killers who was copied by the novel's main antagonist. Daniel Dryden. Hmm. Music. What the hell? Music. Oh wow! An operation uh, adaptation of Warnos's life premiered at San Francisco, California's Yardbud Buena Center for the Arts on June twenty second, two thousand and one. <laughs> Entitled Warnos, the opera was written by composer. Carla Lucero. You related to somebody we know? <laughs> <laughs> Conducted by Maury Chun and produced by the John Sims Center for the Performing Arts. Several musicians have written songs about Warnos, including Jewel. Oh, Nicotine Love. Jewel is pretty badass. Yeah. The New York based metalcore band It Dies Today, 6th of June, is the name of the song. And Pablo Hassel. Intendias por culpa de Aileen Wunros. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> I probably didn't say that right, but that's okay. <laughs> I got a little bit of Spanish blood in me. <laughs> <laughs> the singer Diamanda Galas recorded a live cover of the Phil Ox song Iron Lady. Which she would often perform as a tribute to Warnos for her performance album. Melediction Prayer? <laughs> prayer? Oh, Melediction and Prayer. Samples of interviews of Warnos feature prominently throughout Dragged into Sunlight's 2009's album Hatred for Mankind and Languia and. Not as 2017 album, <laughs> All Bitches Die. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I can hear that shit. All Bitches Die. All your bitches die. <laughs> die, bitch, die, die. Die, bitch, die. Fucking shit. That sounds like something my bro would have said. For I am the light, and mine is the only way, and the holy is the name <laughs> of my ruthless acts. The song Poor Eileen which is the final track of the 2015 album Ours is Chrome by Super Heaven it is written about the serial killer. I was wondering to come on, Eileen. Oh, I, I just think about that too. I'll play that one. Oh, shit. <laughs> Parody cover of Dolly Parton's Jolene called Eileen inspired by Warren Jolene. 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 <laughs> Don't take my man. I'm begging you, Jolene. Oh, okay. No. Uh, oh. <laughs> for real? That was based off her? What? No, that was, they, no, they made a song, a parody over it called Eileen. Oh. Probably Eileen. Eileen. Eileen, Eileen. Please, I'm begging you not to kill my man. man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> it was featured on William Bilelli's um, third solo album. The music video featuring Gigi Gorgeous portraying Warnos was released on November 1st, 2018. In 2019, uh, the rapper Cardi B recreated Warnos' famous mugshot for her single Press. In 2020, uh, rapper Sadistic released Eileen Warnos, a song dedicated to her on his Delirium album. What the shit? Okay, guys. So, um, we know about her, her traumas, and we also know, like, well, her traumatic upbringing, including her physical and sexual abuse. Uh, it was mostly partially, was like basically partially linked to the development of her borderline personality disorders. Um, some some severe traumas can also uh, interrupt and develop the uh, the and development of the mind and result in primitive disassociative and splitting differences and defenses. You know, to what causes the shit that people go through in Eileen's case she was sexually abused as a child by her own grandfather she and her brother were committing incest if you guys don't know what incest is better make sure you're not related to your cousin (laughs) (laughs) don't know relation no relation okay so with that being said my dear children uh we're gonna end it here thank you for listening um tomorrow is another serial killer and um, we'll figure that shit out (laughs) and then halloween don't forget cannibal cafe forum i'm in my vis brent brandis um we'll see you guys soon and uh happy happy halloween good night good fright bye Hey guys, stay tuned for my following podcast, and not to mention both uh, seasons uh, two and three are available on all streaming podcasts. Uh, where we get them, you can find them there. You can also follow my socials, and that is Odd Pods with the Odd Broad on IG, and you can find me on Snapchat and at Cy Edwards. Um, my Twitter, I am currently redoing that, so. You can actually find me on Twitter at TV as well. So you guys have a good one and be safe. Bye.